Well, good evening and welcome to our European show with Eddie and Emmy right here on Heart of Indie Radio. And tonight we have the amazing Vasily Gavray all the way from L.A. in our studio. Now, he's worked as a DJ, a producer, a music supervisor. He's performed with the likes of Diplo, MIA and Glitch Mob. He's helped break several artists in commercials as well as being a creative director in advertising. So he certainly has the experience uh, and the culture that we're excited to share with you tonight. So thank you for being on the show, Vasily. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure being on your show. Oh, it's really cool to have you. And um, I'm excited for our listeners to experience what it is to kind of have the career that you've had, because you've really sort of had your your um, hands in lots of different parts of the music industry. And you've been able to collaborate with so many amazing artists and companies uh, and work as a producer and songwriter, and most recently a creative director for various campaigns. I'd love to understand a little bit about how you find inspiration to create the content that you do and mm. also explain to our listeners a bit about your journey as a producer, a musician, songwriter, and maybe there's special moments that are kind of stand out in your mind that you'd like to share as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think everyone has like different journeys and different paths and you sometimes don't know where you're headed, but you kind of just continue to follow your passions. And I think that's what's most important is find what really drives you and just dig into that. And and that's what I did in, um, in, in high school. I was an intern at a, at a nightclub, you know, I, I wasn't even of age, but I exposed me to so much music and, um, and so many artists. And it just really opened my eye up to just like live music and, and different, just different types from Afrobeat to hip hop to rock. And I met a producer there, um, who's still a lifelong friend, his name's DJ Paws, and he's still producing music in San Francisco. Um, the club was the Justice League, and, and they were kind of one of, the, one of the clubs that kind of broke the Beastie Boys and, and, and a lot of big artists. Um, but he taught me a lot of fundamentals about producing music, and I, I realized that not all DJs produce music, and I, I, I never wanted to be that DJ that played other people's music, and that's what kind of got me into like figuring out how to compose and um, one thing that he taught me and, and we would kind of practice in the studio was we would put a record on and I would just play along to it. I, you know, I didn't really have any formal training in music. So we had a keyboard. You pull up, you would pull up a piano and I would just, no matter what the song was, and you kind of just noodle on the piano until you find the notes that are working with that song. And then sooner or later, you figure out like, oh, wait, this is the melody and these are the chords and this is the bass line. And that sort of has been my my training is really through listening and experimentation but then when i went to to college i took uh, music theory so i kind of learned a little bit more of like oh the, the scales and all the formal kind of training but um it kind of the formal training kind of like scared me because when i thought about like classical composers they're really just reading the music and and i was someone that really liked to improvise it, it's great to like do the recipe but it, I like to know the ingredients because then I can kind of make my own dish or something. Oh, I love um, that. But then, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then, you know, I went to New York because I felt like, you know, if you don't try New York for at least a little while, then I don't know. I, don't know, I just felt like I should just try it out. And I, I went there with the intention of staying for a year and then stayed there for 15. And I um, ended up DJing, like you said, you know, um, at so many clubs and, and touring and opening up for Cirque du Soleil events and um, doing remixes and 
it kind of just opened my eyes up to um, this huge industry. And, and New York is just pulsating with all these record labels. And, and you would go to these listening parties. I went to Moby's listening party at the, um, what was it, the Science Museum where we like looked at the stars. It was, you know, you had, I had so many like great inspirations and just sort of like uh, music's not just a, a listening experience. It's also like a really a community experience. So it's like where you can listen to it on your own. And I think it's beautiful, and especially when you close your eyes. Um, but also when you come together, it, music is really about getting people together who are sort of like-minded. And you almost know that you're immediately friends with people in a room if you're there for a certain artist. It's like, it's that bond. Um, it, it's sort of, it's something that transcends borders. And, and I think about that a lot now today where like, we're in such turmoil, definitely here in, in the U.S. And, and it's so great to see the support around the world for just Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we, we just have a lot of, in the pandemic. But I, I, I would love to believe that out of all this, music is something that kind of crosses borders and crosses party lines. And it's something that can really unite us when I feel like sometimes it feels so divided. And um, it's just something that's really special. Um, Anyways, getting off track there, but yeah, I, I was in um, in New York and I, I felt that one way to really get people connected to music was through commercials. Because I, I was doing uh, management at the time, uh, a place called MCT Bold, and we managed Moby, Rufus Wainwright, um, um, uh, the, what was it, a Cascade, uh, a bunch of other people. And um, we realized that a, a lot of like revenue for artists is coming through licensing. And, and I really figured that that licensing was like the new radio for artists. And, and, and now, like, I guess the new radio is podcast, you know, sort of what we're doing now. It's a great way to expose people to new forms of music. But at that time, and it's, it's still relevant now if you watch payroll ads on YouTube, if you, if you can watch a car commercial and you're like, wow, cool car, but that song is great. That's a great way to kind of reach a new fan base. And I, I found that really exciting. Um, and, and then uh, went on. That's actually when I met you. I think you. I know. I was going to say. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, and just I, so we go way back. <laughs> New <yeah>. York City. <laughs> yeah. Just to be transparent, your audience knows. Um, yeah. I think we got introduced by a friend. And, um, and, and I think you were coming from L.A. And. You know, I think you maybe gave me a demo and we, we got in the studio. Um, I think we were just so open-minded and I think that's what's so important. We like, both strangers were like, you know, you're, you're in this sort of studio space that sometimes could be intimidating. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, well, I got to perform. <laughs> I got to do something good, you know? But if you just let go and I think we had fun and I think that's we what did. really matters. Yeah. We did. We we wrote a lot of songs too in a span of probably a year or so. But I think our first song that we ever wrote together was um, "Do You Have a Girlfriend," which you ended up <laughs> playing in the clubs, and it had such a good yeah. reaction um, yeah. that yeah. Uh, it did get get signed eventually and um, remixed. I don't know over th what was it. 30 times, 30 or something. times or something. yeah um and it yeah. was still back in the day when they they sold cds at the tower records yeah <laughs> and yep. um that was exciting but uh yeah yeah and then i think the next one we did was shake it off which ended up getting 
used in a, nat in a national campaign as well. And um, Vasily continued on this this type of work um, from, you know, and worked with lots of people. But I feel really lucky and blessed that, you know, the, the beginning stages of, of my music career, I did get to collaborate with you. And I think, you know, I know I, know I learned a lot from you. Um, maybe you learned some from me, but I think it was just that moment in time where, I think I think back to it, and I think it's a great example of that, like you said, the open mindedness, open mindedness of of being collaborative and saying, "Hey, I don't know this person, but I really like their music and I respect them. So let's see if we can write a, a good song." And so, um, for those of you out there that are um, a bit shy about trying something new and and collaborating, I think Vasily and I can speak about that being something really positive. Uh, especially during this time, right? Staying creative and inspiring other people and finding a sound that maybe you wouldn't have found otherwise. So that's that's cool. Now, you went on from there to being a music supervisor, right? Mm. Did you? So you were working at MCT and then, yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about yeah. that? Yeah, that sort of um, kind of opened my eyes up to this advertising. And like, I think sometimes people think, oh, advertising is awful. But I think there are everyone has a message to communicate so if you're an artist you are essentially advertising you're, you're trying to get people to listen to your music how do you do that well you perform or, or you do music videos you know so i think what i realized is that there are other ways that could kind of help and support artists you know i think one it's really hard to just make a living as, as just a, a dj or um a producer and i i found um a way to kind of like, I started making music for commercials and that became a really fun um, project because I had to figure out, you're almost like a detective. Okay, you would need to sound like Coldplay and then, um, I don't know, Kanye and, and they run the gamut, you know, and you kind of understand what makes different genres what they are. And that only like, empowers you as a producer you, you become more you have more tools in your toolbox um, so that was a lot of fun but that kind of led into doing music supervision because I always had an ear for good songs and matching it to, to visuals and and I always was excited about breaking emerging artists um, and you were one of them I mean I mean really like when we put you in, in that VS spot it was it was amazing you know I think shake it off um was a huge hit and I think people you know then they start googling you and, and they just start discovering you um I did that with Likey Lee and um another rock band of Jet um yeah it was it was a lot of fun I think it's um a great way to just kind of allow people to discover new music is is through you know, form of, forms of marketing you know we also did a music video I just remembered too <laughs> yeah we did <laughs> that's but, funny don't Google did you, that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you find that it was difficult, like, in terms of being, you know, supervising something like that, like the catalog that you that you had to look after? Was it was it ever daunting to kind of go go through all the different submissions um, or or, do, or was that part of the fun? I'm just trying to kind of give our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with that world who were curious and obviously, you know, now that, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a form of, um, sync is a form of, you know, creation, but also making, yeah. you know, making, making you rent. Um, yeah, how do yeah, people yeah. get involved with it? And, and is it, is it kind of one of those mysterious worlds that's evolved over time? Or do you feel like it's kind of a good song is just a good song? I'm just curious. 
Well, I mean, I think it's 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 involved. There's a lot of ways in. You know, I think for me, I came from producing music for commercials, so I already knew that agencies, and I kind of knew what what the editors were looking for. Um, there's also like there's a great shop in, in New York called Search Party, run by Randall. Uh, posture I think it is um, he, he does amazing work for a lot of like Wes Anderson films and, and essentially I see music and Spike Lee does this really well music is such an integral part to storytelling so sometimes and I think some of the best storytelling in, in film and moving picture is when our, our, our actors don't need to say anything it, it's sort of like they are um, communicating through their actions and what they want and what they need and then music can help supplement that emotion, whether it has lyrics in it or not. And that's, it's a very creative matching. You know, I think um, composing is one thing and, and that's really exciting, but also I think um, searching is, is another um, skill. I would use, um, you know, I had lots of publishers and a lot of record labels sending me tons of um, links and work, right? Um, I would send them a brief about what it was. If I had a locked picture or a rough picture, I would send that to them. So they had a, a sense. Often I couldn't do that. So I'd have to describe it to them. Mm. And then what I was looking for. Then you also have to know budget range. And the other really complicated part of, of music supervision is just it's a lot of um, contract negotiation. If you have multiple songwriters on a song, then you're dealing with multiple publishers and you have to get them all to agree versus a record label owns just the master. So you're just you're negotiating with one person. So there's a once you find the song, that's it feels like a huge hurdle, and, and everyone likes it, client likes it, artist like artist approves it, whatever. And then it's getting um, all the societies to agree and, and all the writers to agree. Um, but it, it's it's very rewarding and, and it's a lot of fun, I would say. And do do you ever kind of? I don't know. Is, do you ever kind of miss just the straight producing or, or do you like that kind of business side where you get to be creative as well as help choose, you know, the right song for that particular campaign? Yeah. I mean, not everyone likes to do the business stuff, but I, I would say today it's like, it's so important that everyone understands that, you know, everyone needs to know how to read a contract. Everyone needs to know how to like, speak up negotiate for themselves um i think i you know i don't know it's like a right brain left brain thing but i think i do miss the creativity you know i miss uh composing i miss um writing as much and, and i still do a little bit you know uh, i did a remix for an english artist um uh last year um which which was a lot of fun and um you know it's i'm always like looking at logic you know i'm a logic user so i love to figure out what are the new plugins and um i think a lot of music is driven by innovation which is driven by sort of technology and equipment so i, I always want to know like what are people capable of doing i feel like i listen to a lot of music that sounds the same so um i think it's it's important to be unique and have your own voice i guess when you are being creative um yeah, and that's that's really yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. Um, it I kind of points to the next question I was going to ask you, which you you must have read my mind, but it's just sort of like <laughs> what's because there is that sound that you, you're you're talking about. You know, there's a, a lot of music that does sound similar. 
So for the listener tonight and in, in, in the artist uh, that's maybe listening in Europe tonight and they, they're like, okay, I want to record my music. I've written a lot or, or I have a, a, you know, strong vocal skill and I'm not really a writer, but I want to record. How do they find, how do they go about finding the right producer? And once they find that producer, how do they effectively communicate the sound and the feel of the music that they want to do? I mean, you know, coming from a producer's point of view, what's sort of some things that that artist really needs to bring to you so you know how to best guide them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're so lucky that we have so many tools to us today. You know, I think there's no excuses not to record. You know, if you have an iPhone, you have voice notes, which is embedded in your phone. Um, you see people on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. I think you can always just record yourself singing. If you can't write, um, sing someone else's song that fits your vocal range and demonstrates your, um, you know, just your vocal strength. Um, I think that's just really exciting that there's just like, you know, there's beat makers on your phone. You, you can kind of make a little melody and, and drop something in and, and essentially create a reel for yourself. You know, I think that um, raw talent is something that people recognize. You know, it's just you and a guitar or you and just your voice in the bathroom. It, if it resonates with you, um, I think it'll resonate with others. It just needs to be really authentic to you and, um, and just do the best that you can and, and keep working at it. Share, 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 make, 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 because we're always in a process of growing and learning. I don't think that ever stops. But once you have some some material that you feel good about and, and you feel confident and or you feel like, yeah, this is demonstrates sort of like what I, where, what I'm trying to go for. If you're looking for a producer, I mean, it's tough because producers are often in the background. You know, I, I produce a lot of work and a lot of it's on, on Spotify, but you're not going to find it because you don't know that I made it. Um, how do you find them? And that's a really good question. I think there's, um, I mean, there are the bigger ones like Pooh Bear for like, um, Justin Bieber and people like that. But um, if you're trying to find like someone like up and coming, you can go to like SoundCloud is really great. Um, if there's someone who's been making music that you really like, you can go to your um, writer society. Like um, we have ASCAP here. What is it called in New Zealand? Oh, APRA. APRA. APRA, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So you, you could probably just search the song that you like and you could find out who wrote it. And most likely you can find who composed it or who was involved in it and then, and then kind of Google them. Um, those are the places that I would start. I mean, there's a lot of producers that are selling beats. Um and they watermark them, but if you could just download one of their watermark beats, do a, um, a riff on it, send it back to them if they like it, there's a chance that they want to collaborate with you. That's um, a great a idea. Of, I like that idea. Yeah. That's cool. There's a lot of uh, DJs who produce too. Um, it's interesting. The, um, um, Little Nod's X, you know, bought a watermark beat um, from a guy in the UK. I forget his name. Um and they collaborated just like we are now, you know, just over Zoom and over just like sending files to each other. So um, he was a beat maker and he bought it. And then that's how it started. You know? Wow. That's so cool. And I think what is neat about right now in, in this world is that there, like you said, there really isn't an excuse to if you if you're a creative person and, you know, you don't maybe have the means to go into the studio, you are you are able to record at home or like you said, on your phone. And I mean, look at, you know, how popular Billie Eilish is and all of all the music that she and her brother have recorded are, are in the bedroom. And I think it's, it sort of is that movement of a good song is a good song. 
And more than anything, if you have something on your heart, uh, you know, what better time to do it than right now? Um, Because you'll definitely look back and regret it if you don't at least try. Um, And I think in terms of, you know, like you said, once you do find the right person, just being able to share, maybe even give them some examples of work that you like Mm. or or stuff that they've done to sort of get the conversation going. And um, in terms of like we we've talked about this a couple of times and we've said it a few different ways, but obviously we're living in unique times. What are your thoughts on the ever changing world of music? And I mean that in the broadest sense, like, you know, now there's more um, access to music than ever before, but what do you sort of think in terms of for the indie artist, for maybe someone that is just getting into the industry or, or who's been in it for a while, how would you kind of explain sort of the opportunities so the positives of doing music right now in 2020. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I would say it, it's hard to not talk about the challenges without knowing the opportunities. And I'd say mm-hmm. j- just in the broad strokes, um, I think that, look, it, it, it used to be really hard to get into a studio, just like you were saying, you know, we have you have these huge boards and, and you had different rooms, you know, Abbey Road, all this kind of stuff, right? So the barrier to entry then was so large, but now anyone could be creative and be making something. And I find that to be so powerful. It's like, it's a democratize, democratization of tools, right? So like, mm. there's no excuse for you to um, record and create and share something, right? So that to me alone is really exciting that the technology is shared with everyone the the problem or the challenges is getting people to hear it because when everyone has these tools and has access to it everyone's creating insurance so like the the volume and the amount of work on soundcloud youtube TikTok, instagram spotify wherever is just so much larger right so Mm. finding those things is becoming much harder so to do that, I'd say it's so important to um, have a point of view, be unique. Uh, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X, it was a small little thing. He took a banjo and a hip-hop beat. That's all it took. It was two things that didn't feel connected, but he connected them. Uh, it had been connected before, but not in this way. Um, we're not talking about like massive change. You don't need to make something like super experimental. But think about two things maybe that maybe don't, belong together and combine them i think paul simon did that um you know a lot of people have done this before so um if you can uncover that and you can write a really compelling meaningful lyric and story i think you're gonna one person's gonna hear that and they're gonna just want to share it they're gonna feel compelled to share it with someone else and then that is that is that one of the things become a bit more viral it's great, you know, send it out to some blogs, have them write about it, the publications, send it to music supervisors or record labels, things like that. But there's so much that you can do on your own as an independent artist to um, get other people to listen to it. And, and make sure that you don't give up. Like if it's a song that you really love and you really believe in it, it's just a matter of the right people hearing it. I love that. I totally agree. <laughs> 
Good. Yes, definitely. Don't give up, especially if it's something that is really on your heart. And, you know, if it's something that you were really proud of, usually it's something that eventually will, you know, like you said, it, it could be effort stories of people that have had songs for, you know, 15 years. And then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> the world yeah. was ready for that sound. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like, and, wow, and this she, is really and, new and fresh. Oh, it's been around <laughs> for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that happens sometimes. You it know, does. People sit on songs for two years and it's still relevant. Maybe you need to change the snare sound or something, but it, mm -hmm. it, it's, it still resonates. Um, but, but to your point to the temperature of 2020, I think I, I struggle right now finding good music and I, I really wish there's so much going on in the world today. I feel like not, there aren't enough artists talking about it. You know, it's like Lady Gaga just dropped an album. I'm like, okay, you know, and I love her and she's great. And um, I love Billy Eilish. She, she's been always saying, always saying stuff but i just don't feel like there's an there's enough it's just like um there's so much material in the world you know what i mean i think mm -hmm. there are songs for um escaping the world and then i think there are times with connecting to it um and i think it's good to have a balance of both when you're writing um lyrically and musically definitely and i think that's kind of illustrates just your point about you know being different and being willing to kind of create your own sound but also talk and sing about things that you're passionate about, not be afraid to do that because yeah. um, chances are, if it's something that is really important to you, it will also be important to someone else. And it could just be reaching the world, you know, at the right time. Um, I'd love for our listeners to be able to follow you on Twitter and, um, and find you. So if you could just give us your, mm. um, your Twitter ID, as well <laughs> as let us know uh, the different platforms that listeners can tune into the music that you have produced. That would be yeah. Awesome. Um, you can. I'm, I'm on most channels um, at V A S I L I G A V R E. That's my first and last name at Vasily Gavre on Twitter on Instagram. Um, but you could also do a search on Spotify and um, and SoundCloud. Spotify, you'll probably just find you have a girlfriend. Um, uh, but there's also the project I did called um, uh, Americans in Paris, um, which was which was great. Um, we did a we did a project called uh, Emmy and the Swedes. Uh, I'm just I'm just known under so many other names. <laughs> you know, it's like you said, it, it's sort of hard to find the producers. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you send me a DM, I'm happy to respond to anyone. That's awesome. Well, I, I know that our, our listeners tonight will have been, you know, on the edge of their seat trying to figure out, what, okay, so now have I seen this guy before? Where, where can I listen to his music? And as he said, he's open to DM. So that's really nice. He's a lovely guy. I can, I can uh, vouch for you. But um, I just want to thank you so much for being so open and honest and authentic uh, in how you've covered, you know, your, your career, even though it's been obviously longer than what we've been able to talk about, but really appreciate, um, you know, what you've said. And I know our listeners will be inspired as well. Definitely follow Vasily Gavray on uh, all social media, as well as find his music on all major platforms. And uh, coming up soon, Vasily and I will be doing some more stuff together. So um, we'll be going back in time, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Thank you so um, much. Yeah. I mean, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vasily. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's get back to the music right here on Heart of Indie Radio.